0: Welcome to another edition of the latest Shiny Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Spector. With me, of course, is uh, Rob Hirschfeld. Good afternoon, Rob. Stephen, good afternoon. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And this is our continuing uh, busy week of podcasts. I know these come out uh, once a week, but for us, we're we're getting a bunch of podcasts done now before everyone disappears for the summer and takes their uh, long vacations, except me. I don't think I'm going anywhere this summer. But boy, I should take a vacation, Rob. I don't know why I don't I, do that. A
1: vacation for you would be moving to a new house or not yeah, moving I've, to a new house. Yeah, I've
0: done that. This is I've now moved two times in the last year. So I'm. I've told my children I'm not moving anymore. They've threatened me. So I move more than it's, a military it's, family. It's, it's,
1: it's, the, it's the Boise Sampler Pack. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like you entered there, and they and you said, "Hey, I, th- I think I want to like the taster menu." And you're, you you just move around every couple, of couple of months. That's funny. Well, we have we have a, a really interesting guest, uh, a, a new company to me. I'm very excited. It's a pure edge company, which you know we're always on the lookout for edge companies. So um, let me introduce the uh, co-founder and CEO. The company's name is Pixie Om, and uh, uh, the gentleman joining us is Sam uh, Ned Nagar. Sam, did I do it right or I probably just did it wrong again?
2: <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, it's, it's perfect. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, guys.
0: Great. Well, Sam, um, just you know, give us a quick overview of yourself and uh, just a really high-level overview of what your company does. And then, believe it or not, Rob will uh, drill down and we'll really understand what your technology is and uh, go from there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm Sam. I'm the founder and CEO of the company. Uh, I actually did co-found it with my sister, uh, almost six years ago now. Um, when we started, we were actually doing something different. We were trying to make a better NAS box that had an application platform on it. Uh, but we slowly transitioned into, um, creating an orchestration engine for the edge and, um, you know, kind of being able to deploy containers at large scale, geographically distributed scale, um, yeah, and here we are with 100 people um, backed by mostly corporate venture capital um, and you know, dozens of Fortune 500 caliber companies that are our customers. Wow,
1: that's fantastic. So I, I'm interested in your origin story because storage is actually the one of the biggest challenge areas from a, an edge perspective. So you, you started from a, a storage infrastructure?
2: Yeah, you know, originally we, I was – I'd been given a gift, a Raspberry Pi. And I was, you know, this was back in 2013, you know, OpenStack was was really popular back then. And I, uh, I applianced OpenStack onto that Raspberry Pi. And I thought maybe, you know, once I've gone now that I've, you know, back then you had to install OpenStack to multiple nodes. It was really heavy, it was, you know, you had to streamline it quite, a, I had to streamline it quite a bit to, to get it running on the Pi. Um, and I thought, okay, well, now that I have basically data center infrastructure that I've, you know, applianced into, you know, this small footprint device, uh, what else can I do with this? And I thought, okay, well, an application that runs on OpenStack should be able to run on this, right? Any, any kind of data uh, cloud-based application can run here. And I wanted to make a platform that could be deployed to these, you know, smaller form factor devices that ran different, you know, disparate applications. Um, so we decided we would, you know, build that and go after kind of the SMB, uh, NAS market where, you know, they were still using file based storage and, you know, FTP transfers. And we thought, you know, we could bring object storage to, to that market and, and, you know, cloud applications and all of that. And we were actually going to ship hardware too and, and a full solution, right? A full NAS box, a better version of a NAS box. Um, and then we ended up pivoting <laughs> pretty shortly after
1: because you just was what what made you real think to change out the choice
2: actually uh, our first customer and our first investor was Samsung and okay. they had you know, so they had acquired this company back in 2014 called smart things and this guy you know they I don't know how familiar you guys are with smart things but you put these sensors in the home and the idea is you can kind of as soon as you enter your door all the lights and everything turns on in your home and it's all automated. Um, And, you know, they were seeing that there were a lot of complaints from their customer base. In fact, when I was pitching to, to their venture arm, I pulled up the website and I showed them and said, look, here's, here's what some of your customers are saying about the product. And there was this really long paragraph. I remember from like the most like upvoted complaints on, on the page. And this guy described coming home, having enough time to go down to his basement, getting a beer from his fridge, coming back upstairs to his living room and still having enough time to pick what channel to watch on TV before any of his lights would activate, before anything would turn on. They were doing all the stuff up in the cloud. Um, and so Samsung said, look, you know, we need to start doing more, uh, more compute, more decision making on premise, uh, you know, inside the home or inside the facility. Um, have you ever thought about just licensing your software to us? Cause, you know, we're Samsung. We can make hardware. Why are you selling hardware when you can partner with people like us? Um, so that's, that's actually what made us start pivoting towards a software licensing model. And of course, also around this time, um, containers and Docker had, you know, they were starting to reach more, more of a mass popularity. And that's how we slowly kind of transitioned towards a container based approach too at the same time.
1: Makes sense. Okay, so uh, so what I want to highlight in this story, right? This is this is sort of the classic, you know, edge latency, although writ large. But you know, well, if you're not thinking about doing local processing for systems like that, it's it's hugely problematic. The story is awesome because it really, you know, a lot of times we think about latency and oh, I might have to wait a second before I get a reply, but as, as these systems scale, it's, it's a, it's a different problem. And I know there's a ton of developers out there thinking, oh, I wouldn't make those architecture mistakes. My, whatever. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> um, you're, you're, you're living it. So the storage, storage piece started, you added the containers in. When you think about edge, right. Is it, what is an edge site for you from that perspective? And, and please don't spend a lot of time defining edge. Uh, we're going to leave. That's a reader exercise. <laughs> but it does. I do want to. I do want to bracket this a bit because, you know, if if you're there, there is sort of this micro and appliance edge. There's infrastructure edge. Um, you know, if you're delivering applications, what's what's that edge to you? Absolutely, yeah. And you know, in general, you guys can
2: assume that anytime I refer to edge in you know, my context and my paradigm, I'm usually referring to on-premise um, computer systems that are running some applications. Like for example. One of our customers is one of the world's largest fast food chains, and they have like you know some area where they put a few systems. They have a few like HP servers, and those servers are supposed to basically be the common infrastructure for uh, multiple disparate applications and workloads. So think like payment processing, inventory management. Sometimes uh, this this fast food chain in particular has smart kiosks in a lot of the, you know, the restaurants nowadays, and they, you know, that has to do some, some processing of those kiosks and support for those. Um So, you know, all those different workloads need to run on common infrastructure. They don't want to have different vendors come in and say, okay, well, here's my box that does the, you know, data processing and support for this single system that I'm bringing to the table. Um, and so there will usually be a few, you know, a few computer systems there, uh, you know, think either anything ranging from kind of a a rack server to kind of a, just a standard HP or Dell kind of tower, and uh, you know we'll we'll get installed to that first, and then we start orchestrating the different applications on top of that. Um, sometimes we get installed on top of an operating system. Sometimes we get kind of installed all in one.
1: So I I want to pause for a second because I love to do you, you you've, you've laid out use cases. You got far enough down the the stack to sort of, you know, lay out some of it. It would it helps me. Can you be very specific about what the application is? It you know it's just sort of a enough for me to get my teeth into. It's you know container management. It's a service running in the infrastructure. An API driven something. What's how would you describe the technical side of of what the platform is?
2: I guess the uh, the right word would be we're we're an an orchestration agent um, that can be dropped into like an existing environment or included into one we yeah we we would basically um, be that that layer that manages that's the intermediary between the resources and the applications and kind of you know helps maintain the harmony of, of all of them at once
1: so, so if I wrote an application, I, I containerize it, I've got something I need to distribute to all of my outlets, right? Let's, yep. let's assume, let's let's take the, the generic fast food outlet. So I've got, you know, 10,000 stores. All of them have some infrastructure. I have a, you know, a menu operation, you know, the thing that displays the menus or something like that. That's an app yep. running in the store. How do I deliver that to your system in a way that it then knows to distribute it to all of my stores?
2: Oh, yeah. So there's, a, there's, we call it like a the back end component is called the portal. And the reason I call it back end instead of cloud is because sometimes even that gets deployed on premise for some of our customers. Uh, but basically, this portal is a window for you to see all of your infrastructure, all of this, you know, all those servers and systems that have our agent running on it, um, and what applications are running on it. So basically, you'll see kind of if you use the UI, you'll see just a Scrolling list of all the systems there and you can select and you know, click on it. Most of our customers don't use the UI, but you can click on all of the ones you want to deploy to. Maybe out of, you know, 30, 40,000 restaurants worldwide, you only want to test out a new version of the application or some, maybe new application altogether, um, to, on a thousand of them. And, you know, with our, our, the portal is what kind of makes that workflow happen so you can let's say you call an API to the portal say you know give me a list of all systems available to me that have at least you know 16 gigabytes of RAM at least free um, that have you know an uptime of you know this 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 much percentage and maybe in this geography there's an API to you know be calling these things and then you can from that list say okay well this is a list of the systems that match my criteria submit another API and say, okay, push out this application to, you know, this list of systems and we make sure that that happens and we orchestrate it. And sometimes um, each application has other parameters, which you know, I, I won't dive into just yet, but there's other, sure. other parameters. <laughs> so, so in that,
1: in that case, you've, you've basically created a, a, a multi-cluster, right? Do you consider each edge location, a cluster infrastructure? Is it sort of a standalone thing or do you, you know, how do you, What's your sort of mental framework for this type of environment?
2: Uh, yeah, so we do support both. Uh, basically, if you take our agent and put it onto a system, you, it can operate as a standalone system, or it can cluster together with the other systems too, uh, or operate in what's called a, like a, in our terminology, we refer to it as a tier, where like maybe you might have a tier of two systems, and a tier of eight systems, and a tier of like sixteen systems. Um, And each of those represents maybe one that has more availability or one that has lower latency because maybe it's right, you know, right next to the data source. Um, But, yeah, it's configurable to decide, you know, if you want it all to operate as one entity or or a few entities or each individual.
1: And so what what makes I mean, so I'm going to ask you the sort of the basic, you know, it's what what you're describing is a is a multi data center infrastructure configuration management engine right what makes that edge specific from your perspective what what's the thing that makes edge different from you know what we had before to manage this type of an environment
2: absolutely it's you know it and and that's why you know we'll tell customers like okay if you're just doing for a small handful of facilities if you want you know some infrastructure there you might not want to come to us uh, because where we really shine is and this is you know to highlight the the question you just said, what is the difference? Um, when you're dealing with, um, a highly geographically distributed, uh, you know, type of, of plane, so to speak, um, you're dealing with a lot of disparate hardware and resources available in each of those locations, uh, potentially also disparate workloads and, um, a high level of multi-tenancy too. Um, you know, in a data center, you're going to have, you know, just the people managing the data center. And then you're going to have, you know, whoever you give access to the, the IaaS kind of service. But with us, you're going to have like the SI that comes in and sets up the system and potentially, you know, does some, some deployment of it. You're going to have the end customer who's going to have their own set of tenants. Uh, you know, potentially someone hmm. just general as an administrator, someone who's just a user. You're going to have, you know, the uh, sometimes there's some use cases of ours where there's three or four large companies providing one, like, you know, enterprise service to you know a big customer account too, where there might be like a carrier and a computer systems maker and and you know another infrastructure or service provider and other vendors doing different analytics. Um, so when I mean that becomes extremely complicated to do at the edge, whereas in a data center it's you know it's one facility and one set of infrastructure. And
1: uh, in, in, in a data center, people tend to assume you're going to solve that with cloud and virtualize it and give people individual virtual resources. Right. If you're doing containers only, then you're gonna have things much more mixed together, it sounds like from that perspective.
2: Yeah, and you know, this there's gonna be different expectations from all the different tenants, so to speak.
1: So is there is there a rationale? I mean, you're doing containers, it sounds I mean, usually when I think of containers, it's it's very application focused. And so somebody's delivering an application. You you went multi-tenant, which says that each each tenant might be delivering an application to the shared infrastructure. Um, that's a different sort of a different management paradigm. How do you how do you make sure that you know people are, are getting put into the right places and the resources are where they think? And then how does how does somebody who's managing an app across you know thousand systems troubleshoot it and figure out what to go? I know that's a huge question set, but
2: yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's you know related to kind of our go to market in general. Uh, you know, we leverage partners a lot. Um, you know google cloud was one of our first partners in our early days and and i don't know if you guys have ever seen like the kind of main diagram uh, that that i like to show a lot of you know different speaking sessions and stuff but basically i show how like up in google cloud there's some services and we match all the apis on premise uh in all of some of our service containers and you know for kind of in the middle in mm-hmm. between transitioning from our samsung days to where we are today uh we did actually brand ourselves for a while as like the Google Cloud version of Azure Stack because we had started with just the Google Cloud services and they became a close partner of ours and helped us get a lot of our early revenue, a lot of our early customer accounts. Um, and we've kind of gone with that approach, that strategy, that ecosystem play, right? Just like uh, a VMware or Microsoft or one of these, you know, kind of classic cases of you know software ecosystems. Uh, we leverage our partners, and and that includes not just uh, you know finding new opportunities but also helping us support these engagements right our our standard customer our kind of profile of a customer is someone who's going to be deploying large scale like many many systems across many facilities so we don't have the boots on the ground to send everyone out there
1: right and you're saying something else that i find really interesting uh based on edge conversations in general which is cloud services right people are used to these cloud services and you're actually saying that you've replicated the cloud services for the on premises so that does that make applications portable from one cloud infrastructure into the premise on premises locations? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like if you ask any of our customers, there's kind of two main value propositions they get from us. The first is they don't need to have an IT team on premise. We give all the remote management uh, ability to kind of diagnose everything. We've heard some customers tell us it costs as much as $2,500 to send an IT pro out to a facility, like with the, the fast food chain example and then the second value proposition they get out of us is they don't have to re-architect the application as it moves between not just one cloud to edge but many in a multi-cloud paradigm or you know many many different edges we can replicate not just the services of Google but also Microsoft Amazon uh, you know all sometimes private clouds too like uh, with Samsung we replicated some of their private cloud services so you know the idea is you're not just sorry you don't have to just avoid investing in an IT team, um, but you also avoid having to waste resources on your engineering team re-architecting again the same workload
1: they just want to run on the edge. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So you know I, I can see you know there's an there's an element to hey I have a platform and, and what you're describing uh, we we talk about a bit and it's it's really exciting to see a company sort of embracing this as a as a as a component, which is the the adjacent the necessary adjacencies. When you're bringing something up, you don't just get to say, oh, yeah, just bring up something in the edge. Sorry, you're missing, you know, a load balancer and a storage infrastructure and a database component. Is, is there a set of, of services that that you think are a minimum set or is it been more broadly distributed?
2: Uh, yeah, that's that's a really good question. So, you know, if you go to any one of these cloud service providers website, they'll have 100 plus give or take services you can see and leverage as a developer. Um, right now, we're at 36 of those services across wow. the, the major clouds. Um I think of those hundred, though, like half of them, probably, you can make a very compelling argument, don't make sense to run on the edge, like some of those like DNS services, right, like a dynamic DNS service. We don't see a use case at least today for that from our customer base. Um but, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of we're, we're nearing there. We, we do view at least half of them, I think, would have a use case on premise for at least the customers we're seeing. So we're, we're almost there. I'd say about 50 is what we want to get to.
1: Right. Well, and some of it would be demand driven. So if somebody shows up and says, oh, I depend on, um, you know, I, I, I'm assuming something as big as Lambdas is a huge lift, but something smaller. I, I mean, but it, it, you had said ecosystem. Is there a way that you can leverage ecosystem for these platforms instead of you know having to recreate them yourself?
2: Yeah, it's it's part of our strategy. To date, we haven't been able to leverage at least on that part of our strategy. Um, uh, We overall the partner strategy has been more focused on um, obtaining and supporting the existing customers and a little less on product development. Um, But I think moving forward, uh, you know, it's, it's not even just the specific Cloud services we're looking to, you know, expand those partnerships to. Uh, we have some partnerships in the works for services that never existed in the cloud that should exist on the edge, like, you know, protocol translation, the, mod you know, Modbus, OPC UA type of translation that just mm. wasn't happening up in the cloud. Um, you know, there's other ones too, like sometimes, uh, like a, like key management services and all that that they, they just weren't using up in the cloud. But some of these providers, some of our part soon to be partners, I don't want to jump the gun and say their names before the announcement comes. But some of these partners of ours that have had a lot of success on the edge and, and, you know, it just makes sense to have a partnership where we can orchestrate that.
1: Makes sense. Makes less sense. So, um, boy, I'm watching the clock a little bit and I, we have, we have a, we have a ton of, uh, I, I still have a ton of questions. I, I want to, you know, you've been answering my questions really well. Is there something really critical in how your your system operates that we just haven't touched on that uh, you know i don't want to i don't want to look I, I i spend all my time on questions what, what what else what what's a what's a big value proposition that we haven't talked about
2: uh i say there's there's two 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 points i just want to drive home one is uh you know i think a lot of players in the space assume that they're going to get greenfield deployments and i think that's really mm. the case like you, you have to support the brownfield no one's going to just take all their systems, throw them away and you know, buy all new stuff and just put it in there. I mean, maybe there are, but generally speaking, I mean, at least in our experience, we haven't encountered that.
1: Uh, yeah, that's support. strong, strongly, strongly concur with that statement. I think it's one of the, the, the I think it's one of the, the hubris elements of a lot of people promoting uh, new platforms. So I'm glad to see you saying, no, we're not we're not telling you to your, your way is wrong. Your hardware is broken. That's good. What else? Absolutely.
2: Um, you know, and then the other thing also, uh, and it's not necessarily a knock on on anyone in particular, it's just another kind of general trend we see is I think a lot of players underestimate the value of hardening Um when, you know, I think a lot of enterprises today, they'll, you know, they're open to doing POCs. They're open to trying things out, but they're that gap between Moving from a POC to a production deployment. And, you know, I don't think I mentioned in the earlier days or in the, or sorry, earlier part of this conversation. Um, but, you know, we have over a million installs of our software to date. And that's, you know, in order to get to that number, you have to be hitting production deployments. And we've spent, we've had to spend so long. We've been doing this six years easily. Three or four of those years was just in hardening. I forget developing the features and all that. It was just, you know, co- companies telling us, Oh well, are you know? Do you have this level of you know secure some security standard? Like they might have a certain level of encryption they want, uh, you know, or certain policies on you know handling the data and, and removing the data over time, stuff like that. Uh, you know, that alone is it's not just you know building a feature set for the edge that meets the customer requirement. It's also all that extra nitty gritty. That's I mean, it's not fun to do. It's not you know sexy to do, uh, but you need it if you're going to get that traction.
1: Sam, Sam, you are, you're making my day. This is the sustaining, to me, this is the sustaining argument. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm watching a lot. We, and Stephen, I talk to a lot of edge companies um, and we're watching a lot of these, these efforts, especially some of the open source ones where they're very eager to announce that they've completed a POC. They have V1 out. Um, and yeah, you don't you don't hit this stuff until you're really doing real production workloads and you're hitting the, the nuances. And I think that people overlook how much sustaining engineering it takes to do an edge deployment because you, you really don't. You know, those truck rolls are expensive. Um, so that's a that's I think those are very important things to for people to understand. It makes me scratch my head a little bit um, on some of these, you know, open source, you know, people thinking they're going to get something out of the open um and I mean even for us our, we do we do a fair bit of open source stuff but it's the sustaining engineering it's the production work um that you really want to a partner with so that makes a lot of sense to me as that's, that's interesting
0: see why well, rob i would say you know it's interesting as yeah. scott actually talked about I'm sorry not scott Sam excuse me he talked about real customers and real deployments for an edge company uh this kind of seems to be the first i've seen that's Really much further along than other companies.
1: I I think you're right from that perspective, Sam. One of the things I would ask you, right? We've we've seen CDN being pretty, you know, a, a sort of a slam dunk from an edge perspective. It sounds like you're you're moving, you know, beyond, you know, helping people with CDN type actions. You're actually helping people run infrastructure in in these locations. Is that a fair Absolutely. characterization? Yep. Is is there some type of application that fits really well for this type of management paradigm, or is this just fixing a management infrastructure problem?
2: Um, to some extent it's both, but I, yeah, I'd say we tend to see a bit more skewed uh, inquiries uh, around uh, like high data workloads, like, like, think video analytics, uh, you know, you don't want to be sending video data up to the cloud, of course. I mean, that I know I'm probably preaching to the choir, uh, but even then, you know, when you want to run de- multiple analytics on one stream, um, that also can get complicated too. And you know, so we see a lot of requests for that. We actually, uh, there's, uh, I don't think I can say their, their name, but they, you go to, you go into any building, you see those like shielded cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's made, made by usually that one company, um, and they they have a bunch of different vendors that they want to be able to incorporate and, and deploy to. Uh, like, you know, for, I think I mentioned earlier, like, you know, you can, you can see if there's a fire on camera nowadays, right? Instead of waiting for the smoke detector to, to, you know, for it to hit the smoke detector. Um, and so that, that becomes really complicated, especially when, when you want to run that all in the same infrastructure on the same single camera stream and not have every different vendor provide their own separate, you know, NVR box and, you know, kind of pass it to each one. Um, that's, that's a really common one, um, just because of the flexibility of, of cameras. Um I think retail' is a pretty good one for for us that we see a lot. Uh, we, we, we've gotten most of our traction in like retail, um, industrial, energy, uh, telecom, uh, and security surveillance would be kind of the main verticals and use cases I think that we generally see.
1: So uh, along those lines, I mean, you're you're describing something that I think is really important. Um, in that, you know, this is the multi tenancy, people sharing data. So that this, and you know, as, as, if you can put a bow on this, this might be the the right the right thing to close out uh, the podcast on, right? You're talking about data that is, you know, a, a sources of data that's val- that are valuable to multiple downstream components, right? Is, is, is your platform enabling that? Is there some, you know, is there some super challenge or secret sauce that's part of enabling that type of, of many to many mapping?
2: Um, it's, it's part of our offering. I wouldn't say it's necessarily, you know, like something we've submitted as patents or anything like that. Um, but, uh, it, it is a, a core piece of the overall solution, right? The overall offering. Um, and you know, I think you know one, there's a, a quote that still sticks with me um, from one of our our bigger customers. Uh, they had this head architect in the, in the one of the early meetings we did, and you know he took a look at this and he said, you know, this you know we need this. We should be working very closely with this company for our next rollout. And I remember there was I think someone from marketing on the team or someone from like the business side who you know after we'd done a deep dive was still wrapping their head around it a little bit and. The architect summed it up so nicely and said, look, the edge is dirty. It's not easy to deploy that infrastructure, figure out what environment you're in, what that networking looks like, what hardware you're running on, and then figure out how to, you know, manage all the different applications and tenants on it um, and share those resources accordingly. Um, you know, I, I thought he, he summed it up nice. That's just a quote that's always stuck with me. The edge is dirty and we make it, you know, simple and clean and easy.
0: So, Sam, I, I, I've, it's my time to come in. I think I told you before I try to keep it around 30 minutes and um, keep track. I love The edges Dirty. That is going to be the title of this podcast in some way. But uh, that's a new quote. Really, uh, really like that. So before we end up, uh, I always like to, uh, you know, if people, Sam, want to know more about your company or anything like that, um, you know, what websites, any social media they should follow. Are there any events coming up in the next few months this summer that, uh, they might want to look for you?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually speaking. I have a speaking engagement at sensors expo next week. Um, but, uh, you know, in general, I, I'm, I'm open to anyone sending me an email. I love, we love collaborating with people. I'm actually a really hands-on CEO. You know, we have, we have a hundred people, but, Almost all of our people are engineers. We're very product-focused companies. So I I get involved a lot in in a lot of uh, our accounts and collaborations. So, I mean, anyone can send me an email anytime. It's just Sam at Pixyum.
1: Awesome. Well, Sam, uh, Sam I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I I know you've you've given us some insights. Both of us are super impressed because you're such a tangible, tangible answers. Um, And so I hope people will take a look at what you're doing, get involved with you and, uh, you know, give us all some feedback. Cool. Absolutely. Thank you.
2: appreciate you guys inviting me for this. It's been really great.